Hi, welcome to Diving Into Deep Waters. I am your host, Erin Rowling, and the sun is shining today. Woohoo! So happy. I don't know if the sun will be shining on the day that you listen to this podcast, but I hope that you got some sunshine because it feels good. I opened the window in my room so I'm not recording in the dark, which is great because then I can see much better. I threw open the windows and then noticed immediately that my windowsills are nasty. Our cats like to get in them and cats shed people. And so I almost closed them and I was like, no, I'm going to soak in the sun and I will get it clean when I get around to it. So yeah, hopefully you've gotten some sun this week because I don't know, it just makes a difference. It really does. I want to start off by encouraging you to do something. It's when it comes to elderly people in your life, I want to encourage you to ask them stories. To and and this is what inspired this whole thought. My father-in-law um, has a really bad like open wound on his foot. I will not go into detail because that's just gross. Some of you are detail people. Some of you like to post things on Facebook and I can't look at your post because I can't handle it. So (laughs) I will not be giving details because I personally cannot handle it myself. I did not look at it because I just couldn't do it. And he's in the hospital right now. And so I went to go see him the other day and we were talking about how We had taken his accordion home with us. We're selling his house. And my son has been tinkering with it. He's just been looking up videos to find out what the different buttons are for. And there, honestly, I had no idea that an accordion was so involved. There are so many different parts to it. So I applaud anybody who can play it because it is complicated, honestly. And um, so I was telling him all about that. And he just, he just loved hearing that, that Joe was, you know, looking at it and stuff like that and that we had kept it. And then I just kind of had this thought in my mind. I knew my father-in-law had played the accordion for years, but I thought, what's the story? (laughs) What's the story behind this? And so I was like, Hey dad, like, when did you start playing the accordion? He was like, well, I was 12 years old. And I had seen this guy, Dick Contino, playing. He said, I'd seen him a couple times and I was mesmerized by his ability to play the accordion. And so it inspired me to ask my dad for an accordion and he bought me one and I loved it because he was like, good good for my dad to buy me accordion. Like you could tell he was just proud of his dad that he would buy him one. Which I should have asked him, like, how much was that? Because if you saw this thing, it's huge. (laughs) And he took lessons. He had to walk over a half mile, he said, to his lessons. So he had to lug this thing. I mean, this is like a suitcase. And it's huge. It's a very large accordion. It's not small. I don't know if there's different sizes. I really don't know that much about them. But... I just know that the case is very heavy. So the thought of a 12-year-old carrying it for over a half mile gives some perspective. And he told me he tried out twice 
for American Bandstand. He didn't make it, but he did make it on a, a local version of American Bandstand, and he played on TV, like Paul said, like Channel 6 or something like that. And he was like, I wasn't the best, but I loved it. And so it was just this beautiful story that I did not know. I actually told Paul some of the facts. He was like, man, you know things about my dad that I didn't know. And um, and I did have a slight regret because I did get to see him like twice play it. And I thought, oh my gosh, what's wrong with us? We did not record him playing it. And it's interesting because I had just been talking to a friend the other day about her mom playing the accordion because she's like, what's in the box? And I'm like, in an accordion. She goes, oh my goodness, my mom played the accordion. I was like, you need to video her playing it because I don't know, like, I just wish we would have. And then she was like, yeah, and my mom played, um, was a baton twirler, like with fire and stuff. <laughs> and she's like, she still can kind of do it. I'm like, oh my gosh, you got to get them out and you got to light those things and see what happens. Like, how cool would that be to have that on video? Anyways, um, so I don't know. It just, just sitting there hearing that story, it just made me think that I want to be more intentional about asking him about things in his life that I don't really know and I don't know if his kids know and I want to know so I can pass it on to my kids. So I We even talked about his job, how he got his job and stuff like that. And so yeah, I just wanted to start this podcast off. I know everyone's busy and stuff like that, but talk to your elderly loved one, find out stories, or if you're doing something, just be like, hey, how did you get into that? Or how did that come about in your life? And if it's anything that you can record, I would highly recommend. I mean, we have phones, you guys. We, it's so accessible to record these days. And I, I think those will be memories that we would cherish forever because it's our loved ones. So yeah, do that. Now, I'm not trying to start this podcast on like this downer because maybe you're like, oh, well, my loved one's not going to be here forever. But I'm really not trying to do that. I'm really trying to encourage you. But so I want to share an experience that uh, we had at our last women's gathering. The day of the event, I woke up and as I often do, I I lay there for a bit and I take a few moments thanking God for the, for the breath that I have and so on. And then if like a situation pops in my head or a person, I'll lay there and I'll pray about it. You know, just spend a few moments doing that. Um, and on this particular morning, I went to go hit the snooze button, which I hit three times, people, because that's what I do. Although I just read this thing that was like, you shouldn't hit the snooze button because you go back into the sleep and blah, 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 blah. And I wanted to yell at the lady telling me this, that if I were to not hit the snooze button, nobody would want to ever be around me if I got up immediately instead of took time for my body to wake up. Just ask my family because I'm already difficult in the morning. Paul's all chatty and I just look at him and I nod and I need quiet. So anyways, if you're a snoozer, I'm with you. Like, don't listen to that lady. She probably knows what she's talking about, but some of us just need to snooze. So anyways, I went to go snooze and I see a text from my friend Dee Dee that her daughter Alyssa was not recovering well. 
at all from one of her epileptic seizures and asking me if I could be praying. And so, of course, you know, go into immediate prayer for Alyssa, for Dee Dee, for the situation that she wouldn't have to take her to the hospital. She ends up at the hospital a couple times a week. That means that she's not just driven to a, a local hospital. She has to go to a hospital, I believe it's about two and a half hours away. Um, and they, she has to be um, transported through a helicopter to get there. So it's air flight to the hospital. So it's crazy. And so when she lets me know or is able to let me know, I'm like, okay, Lord, please not have to go to the hospital because it's just a long ordeal. And so I was praying and then I just started praying for the women's gathering. And then I thought, you know what? There's going to be like over 30 women we usually have at the women's gathering. And I I just think that's a great opportunity to bring up Dee Dee and Alyssa and just join together in prayer because I don't know, there's just something powerful about a group of people praying. Obviously, there's power when one of us pray. There's power when two of us pray. But I, I love when it's just like a group of people. It just, I don't know. It just feels like there's strength in numbers. So before the speaker spoke at the event, I asked the women to join me in prayer. And instead of me just getting up and praying, which would have been fine, I really felt from the Lord that I was supposed to have each table pray. So we had these little round tables, like four women sit at each table, five or six, depending And I just thought, man, it just seems like it would just be so powerful for each group of women to pray. And so I say this to everyone. I say, hey, I think each table should pray. And there were some panicked faces (laughs) at the thought of having to pray. Um, For some people, being asked to pray out loud stresses them out. And it's interesting because a friend of mine told me that there was a new lady there. She had finally decided to come. She had been debating about it for quite some time, decided to come. And she sat at my friend's table and she was like, we don't have to say anything, do we? And my friend's like, no, 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 no. Like there's a speaker and Aaron's, you know, she'll talk whatever, but like, no, you you don't have to say anything. So when I said, like, can someone from each table pray? This lady looked at my friend and was about to bolt for the door. My friend said she looked like a deer in headlights. She was like, oh, that would be a no. And so my friend quickly was like, no, 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 no. Like, I'll pray. I'll pray. Don't worry. Don't worry. You don't have to (laughs) do it. She's like, that poor girl was about to have a heart attack. Thankfully, that same girl told me like, I had a great time. I definitely come back. So I was like, okay, we didn't scare her off. But so we all sat at our tables and um, I went back to the table I was sitting at and we just began to pray. And my ears were filled with this like soft sound. I mean, it was just like, you know, people were just starting off of a voices praying. And then that soft sound just started to build, not like this obnoxious sound, but just like the room was filled with voices, just joining in a supplication of prayer to God on behalf of our sister in Christ and her daughter. And it kind of reminded me, Because I keep thinking, like, how can I, like, tell you what I felt? You know, how can I express to you what I felt? And 
because it just was such an amazing moment. And it kind of reminds me of like when you hear a singer and as they're singing, you literally like it gives you chills and like goosies on your arm. You're just like so smitten by the sound of the person's voice. And I feel like that's like the closest that I can explain to what I heard and felt. But it was just like the most beautiful song was being sung and it just like rose to the heavens and it just impacted every person that was there. I'm not sure if I'm doing it justice, you guys, in the explanation, but if you were to ask any woman there, um, they think they would tell all agree and tell you that that moment we felt like heaven met earth and we knew that God heard us. And that moment just like, touched me so deeply that I just took it and I tucked away in my heart and I just have like marveled at it ever since it happened and not even thinking it would turn into a podcast to be honest where most things do turn into a podcast but it wasn't one of those things it just it really impacted me and and I've just kept thinking what how do how would I explain this like I don't know it's just kind of had a question mark on it for me And then the other day, it just kind of became clear to me what happened. Um, I just finished a workout and I had sat on my bench because I was tired (laughs) to take a drink, catch my breath before I needed to get the kids' lunches ready and do all that, you know, the, the stuff for the day. And so I took a second, I scrolled through Facebook And you know how like the memories pop up on Facebook, which I love. I love when memories pop up because you forget things. You forget events that happen and all of this stuff. And so this particular memory that popped up was a video of my daughter, Amanda, singing um, at her chorale concert at college. And this was like, I don't even know how many years ago. And... It basically, this the song, it was kind of cool because the woman who wrote this particular song, um, Corral Peace, she, Amanda was the first person to sing it. So, um, and she got to perform it for the woman who uh, put it together. And so that was kind of a cool thing. And so I'll try to explain it to you how the song starts. I'm not going to sing it for you, but <laughs> it just starts off with these soft like bells, you know how like they do the bell things and they're just like soft, like bells, chime kind of sound. It's dark. And then all of a sudden you just hear, it's my daughter's voice, but my daughter sings beautifully, but you just hear this innocent and clear and simple melody come forth and it's it's soft and it and the words are let my prayer arise let my prayer arise as incense before you and she just begins to sing this and it gets a little bit louder and then the girls start to sweep in behind her and then the boys start to sweep in behind her and then all of a sudden at one point in the song no one is like the girls are all together the guys are all together amanda's on her own And everyone's singing at a different time. But all of these voices just singing, let my prayer arise. Let my prayer arise as incense before you. And as I listen to this, 
I was like this. This is what happened. We offered a prayer and we let it rise as incense before God. That song wasn't just a song. It's actually scripture. And it's in Psalm 141 verse 2. And it says, and there's different versions of this. But it says, may my prayer be set before you like incense. And I want to dive into this topic of prayer, if you will, because and not we've, we've talked about prayer and you've heard tons of messages on prayer and we know a lot about prayer. But I think we, maybe we're so indoctrinated with the thought of prayer that we kind of feel like in some ways we have it figured out, not always because we're like, why don't my prayers get answered or things like that. And we've done podcasts on that. But I think we kind of tend to put it in a box and think that we have it somewhat figured out. We, we pray, you know, he hears it, he decides how to answer it, and then it's done. And I feel like it can also become this ritualistic thing where it's like, well, I know how to pray and I know what to do. And we almost have a bit of a formula, if you will, of how to do it. And maybe even at times we become a little bit robotic in our prayers. Have you ever felt like that? And I've, I've talked to you recently about how I feel like God's taken me deeper into prayer about not just praying the same things, but that's not what I really want to talk about today. I want to talk about what happens with our prayer. And there's just some things that I want to share with you that I pray help you to see that our prayers are more than just a bunch of words that float up to the sky. And I want to go to two passages in Revelation. And the entire chapter of Revelation 5 the describes a scene in heaven where Jesus, who appears as the lamb who was slain for the sins of the world, takes a scroll into God's throne while souls and angels in heaven worship him. And this is a passage of scripture for from that. It's in Revelation 5, verses 7 through 10. And it says, And he, t- he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and a priest to our God, and they shall reign on earth. So that's the first passage of scripture where it's talking about incense and the prayers of the saints. The second passage of scripture is found in Revelation 8. And in this scene, Jesus is opening the seventh seal from the scroll. And it mentions the prayers of the saints. It says, Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. 
And another angel came and stood at the altar with the golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth, and there were pearls of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. So, in Revelation 5, we have like the golden bowls full of incense that represent the prayers of the saints. Then in Revelation 8, it describes the incense offer with prayers of the saints. So incense. Now, when we think of incense, it's like a type of plant material such as spices and herbs that are burned to produce a sweet aroma through smoke. So is incense important to God? It seems like it might be. (laughs) So in Exodus 30, God instructs Moses to prepare an altar of incense in the tabernacle. And the priests were to burn it regularly. It wasn't like a once a month thing. It wasn't like, you know, once a year thing. It was regularly to burn. And the scripture that it says in Exodus 30 verse 8 says, So incense will burn regularly before the Lord for the generations to come. So this was supposed to be something that continued to happen. And then you will also find through the Old and the New Testament, this isn't just Old Testament talk. Some people are like, well, that's in the Old Testament. People, it's in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament, where the priests are faithfully burning incense in the temples. And there's lots of... um, Like you can look up the word incense, you can go and research it, what are the other things, there's lots of different things, but we're not going to get into all that. So, you're like, why are you telling all this? Well, here's the conclusion, and hopefully you're still with me. (laughs) And some of you are like, I just need the bottom line, like all this stuff, revelation stuff, it blows my mind, I can't track. So here's the bottom line. Incense is a symbol of how our prayers are like a sweet fragrance rising to God. That's so cool. Like our our prayers have a smell, people. (laughs) Have you ever thought about that? Like smell in a good way. I don't know. Sometimes prayer is messy. You know, like I think we get so, like when people freak out about prayer, I'm like, then I don't think you really know what prayer is because you don't have a problem talking to people. Well, some people do, right? (laughs) But most people will talk to people. So why is prayer so difficult for some people? It's no different than talking to the person next to you. And God savors that smell. It's like a sweet smell to him when we pray to him. So first of all, like if you think your prayers are stinky, okay, because some of you do, I know someone listening to this podcast is like, I suck at praying. I, I do not do it well. I don't know what to say. I start to sweat. I feel my face turn red. My neck breaks out. Like my palms are sweaty. Like chill. Your prayer is a sweet smelling incense to the Lord. I like it, the smell that your prayer is. So stop thinking it sucks because it doesn't to God. 
And guess what? It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And this just popped into my head. There's two people that are praying in the synagogue and I don't have verses to back it up. Like there are verses. <laughs> I just don't know them at the top of my head. But you have the one man praying. And he's like, I come before you, Lord. And I just want to tell you of your goodness. And, you know, he's just pompous and he's like being perfect in prayer. And the Lord's not moved by that. That That's not because it's all about him. That's not a sweet smelling prayer to the Lord. And then you have the other man who's like, woe is me. I am a maggot. I suck. And the Lord's like that. That is a sweet smelling prayer. So you who are very real with God, keep doing it. And if you're making your prayer all pompous, stop. It's, it's, Prayer is to be something that we come before him and we just lay our hearts before him and let it be a sweet smelling fragrance rising to his nostrils. Because we all know when we smelled something bad. Hmm? Farts. <laughs> right? My mom never let you used to say fart. I feel guilty to actually just totally off topic saying that actually because my mom would be like, excuse me. It would be like, pass gas. I tooted. We can never say fart. Sorry, mom, if you're listening to this. But we all know what yucky smells smell like, right? You smell a dirty diaper, your face smushes up, you're like, gross. But then we all know what like good pulled pork smells like, hmm, or a rose, hmm. To God, our prayers, when we Offer them before him. They are a sweet smelling fragrance. This was not part of the podcast, but it's in there now. All right. So not only is it a sweet smelling fragrance to his nostrils, you guys, but when they reach him, he values them. I mean, have you ever wondered where your prayers go once they reach the Lord and he knows about them? Like, is there a trash day for prayers? Is it like, um, well, that pile you can uh, take care of now, angels, because I'm done with those. (sighs) If you've ever wondered that, wonder no more. I actually just found this out. So don't, I just learned this. My husband told me this. I had to ask him for the scripture. I was like, hey, where's that scripture? And he he texted it to me. So it says, there are bowls, not just any kind of bowl, not no Tupperware bowl, gold bowls, 24 carat gold bowls, you guys, filled with our prayers. There is no trash day. There is no dumpsters filled with our prayers, you guys. There are gold bowls filled with our prayers. Is that not cool or what? When my husband told me that recently, I was like, what? Like, it made me think, like, have I ever thought about where my prayers go? Because I'm pretty sure if someone would have asked me, like, well, I'm sure there's a garbage day. And yet there's not. He values. He puts them in a gold bowl. You don't put things in a gold bowl that you don't value, you guys. And your prayer is in a gold bowl. That means any prayer you've ever prayed, any prayer I've ever prayed, it's in a gold bowl. He values 
our prayers. And that, my friends, should give us the confidence to pray. In Hebrews 4.16, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Because you're like, oh, I know where this is going. So that we may receive mercy and find grace and help us in our time of need. It's not going to go to the trash. It's going to go in a gold bowl. And not only are they valuable, but they are powerful. There's this crazy, powerful moment in heaven in Revelation 5. I dare you to go read the the whole chapter of Revelation 5. I read it and I wept because the whole scene, it gave me chills. It's a moment. So there, one of the most profound moments besides Jesus dying on the cross, you guys, and some other moments, this is one of, this is like a mic drop moment in the Bible. And there's this powerful moment and the prayers are a part of this powerful moment. They not, they're, it talks about the gold balls being present in this powerful moment. When we prayed for Didi and Alyssa, I got a text after the women's gathering saying, we didn't have to go to the hospital. She didn't even know that our prayers were arising as incense before the Lord. She had no idea that that was happening. She just asked me to personally pray. She did not know that that situation was happening. And here the Lord brought her heartbeat back to normal, which is amazing. Every time he does it, it blows my mind, you guys. James 5, 16, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Your prayers are powerful and effective. So if God sees our prayers as a sweet smell and they're valuable and they're powerful, shouldn't we do it often? The, the priest burned incense faithfully and regularly. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray continually. You are invited (laughs) to pray continually. That means that he doesn't get tired of hearing your voice. It's it's a sweet, sweet smell to him. I, I need to hear that from myself because my word is persistent this year. To be persistent in prayer about certain situations. And sometimes I just feel like even though I know like the story of the widow and she was persistent and all this stuff. I think I'm sure I'm a thorn in the Lord's side. And here it says pray continually. And if you think that your prayer is too small. My husband prays about everything. I told you that the last week about even a car. Okay, okay, that's when my husband prays about everything. Philippians 4, 6 says, pray about everything. I pray that that these passages in Revelation, go look them up, reveal to you that your prayers don't fall on deaf ears. They're not stinky to the Lord. They don't get taken out with the trash. But they are a sweet smelling incense. They are valuable. They are powerful. They are something we should do often and pray about continually and pray about everything. I don't know about you. Maybe the message was just for me. 
probably because they're all for me, you guys. <laughs> but my hope is renewed in what is happening with my prayers. And that gives me the passion and excitement to continually be persistent in the things that I'm asking, coming to him with a humble heart, putting myself before him and knowing that he savors them, knowing that he values them, knowing that there is power in them. Oof. Can I get an amen? Amen. I will post a song of my daughter singing. Please excuse the fact that one of my children interrupted the beautiful moment by talking. So there's that. Gotta love them. All right, see you next time.